Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. For many readers of the Bible, some books are both very attractive and also difficult to read. This is the case for the two books I will be covering in this week's podcast, Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. Ecclesiastes has a very modern appeal to it, but it is somewhat difficult to get a handle on its message. Song of Songs is also appealing to contemporary readers, but they are sometimes at a loss as to what the book is all about. So let's unpack these two books together as we continue to make our way through the Old Testament's wisdom and poetic literature. For Ecclesiastes, it's best to start with the actual name of the book. The word Ecclesiastes is the Greek translation or rendering of the word kohelet, which means one who gathers or assembles. It is unclear whether the This person gathered sayings and teachings or students or disciples. The word is sometimes translated as the preacher or the teacher. We can picture Kohelet as a title for a wise teacher, so I'll refer to this person as the teacher. The key to understanding the book seems to be to recognize that there are actually two voices in the book, the teacher and the narrator presenting the teacher's views. The narrator frames what the teacher has to say in chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and chapter 12, verses 9 through 14. The teacher is spoken of in the third person in these two passages, and the rest of the book is first-person speech by the teacher. It's helpful to read these two passages as commentary on what the teacher has to say. Some claim that the teacher is Solomon, but this doesn't seem to be a perfect fit with the book's content. It's best to think of the book, I think, as being anonymous. So what is the message of the book of Ecclesiastes? The message is related to the phrase usually translated as vanity of vanities. See chapter 1, verse 2, and chapter 12, verse 8. The word vanity is a translation of the Hebrew word hebel, and the root meaning of the word is vapor or breath. The word occurs over 30 times in the teacher's teaching, so we need to get a grasp of its meaning. The word refers to things being ephemeral or transient, like vapor or breath. In other words, when something is hevel, it does not last or quickly disappears. The book of Ecclesiastes is a wisdom book. It is more like Job, though, than Proverbs. While Proverbs is practical wisdom, Job and Ecclesiastes can be described best as reflective or speculative wisdom. Ecclesiastes reflects on the meaning of life. The teacher deals with such topics as wisdom, justice, wealth, power, status, and significance. For each of these, there are good gifts to be enjoyed from God, but also frustrations in them if one seeks ultimate meaning to be found in them apart from God. According to Old Testament scholar Tremper Longman III, the message of the teacher in the book is life is hard and then you die. The narrator, however, puts things in perspective in especially the last passage of the book. So let's read Ecclesiastes 12, 9 through 14 
to see how the narrator reframes the teacher's message. These verses read, Besides being wise, the preacher, or the teacher, Kohelet, also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preachers sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd, probably God. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much studying is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. After hearing from the teacher, the narrator highlights for readers both the value and limits of the pursuit of wisdom. The words of the wise do guide us, but ultimately the study of wisdom does not exhaust all of life's mysteries. Both Job and Ecclesiastes provide different balancing perspectives on wisdom as found in Proverbs. Ecclesiastes challenges the impression readers might get from Proverbs that humans are in control of the world. What we do matters for our experience of the good life, as Proverbs says, but we cannot forget to pursue the fear of the Lord as the beginning of wisdom. See Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Let's move on next to the book of the Song of Songs. The title is a superlative. It means the best song. The book is also known as the Song of Solomon by some because some think that Solomon was its author. This is entirely possible but unconclusive. Some people consider this book to be a wisdom book. I do not, but it does hit on some of the themes from the wisdom tradition. So it celebrates the gift of human love and marriage and sex, just as wisdom books focus on receiving the good gifts of our creator. In the history of interpretation, some have viewed this book as an allegory about God's love for Israel, from a Jewish perspective, or Christ's love for the church, in a more Christian perspective. While there are certainly possible applications that can be made of this book like this, it is not what it is basically about. The book is essentially a set of love poems, which some see as a drama of sorts, that revolve around a godly celebration of love and sex in the context of marriage. It is essentially erotic poetry if you read it really closely. The key to interpreting the book is to pay attention to who is speaking when in order to see how the love conversations develop. It is good to remember that God cares about everyday matters for us as part of God's people. This remains true for us as the church, God's new covenant people. God welcomes our questions, doubts, and celebrations of his good gifts. I encourage you to keep exploring these kinds of things as one who is created in God's image and being renewed as a follower of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.